Welcome to the Founder Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Founder or how you can get involved, visit thefoundrychurch.com. All right, so last week we began our new series of teachings talking about the life of this guy named Abraham. All right, first his name was, was uh, going blank, Abram, and then God changed his name to Abraham. Thank you, guys. Right, a man who is arguably one of the most noteworthy figures in human history and not just Christian history, right? We learned that Abraham's story began when God asked him to leave what was familiar and take a step into the wild, right? To walk into the unknown. And Abraham, he took this step without knowing the significance of this decision and the impact that it will have for generations and generations to come, right? He, he did this. He, he took this step without knowing how it would play out. And the same is true for us. Look at it like this, right? When any of us make a decision to move in God's direction, right, that small act of faith, whatever it is, can change the course of our world and the world around us. But here's the thing, right? Usually, we don't know how or what's going to happen until after we've already taken that step, right? That's the tension. Listen, early on in my, my ministry, in my, my career, Christina and I had our own into the wild moment. Unlike Abraham, I did not hear the audible voice of God. But through circumstances and relationships and prayer, I realized that God was asking me to leave where I was and to move into a new location, right? a town where I didn't know anyone, a town that was completely different than anything that I was used to. It was in the South, right? It was weird, right? It was in Southern Virginia, just a weird area. It was terrifying. But I knew that this was what God was asking of me, and so I did it. I stepped into a job that I had never done before. I started living in a, in a new place. I had no sense of, of community, let alone a single friend, right? The, the whole thing seemed crazy. And during that time, I had to step into unknown situation after unknown situation over and over again, right? There was even this one moment when a leader in this church told me to grab the drink for this event. Now, where I grew up, when, when someone's asked you to bring the drinks, it meant to bring the good stuff, right? The, the hard stuff, the liquor. And while I have no problem with people drinking responsibly, it did seem like a very odd request for a kid's event where there was going to be inflatables and water balloons, right? And so I went home and I told Christina, I said, this crazy lady wants me to bring the liquor to the kid's outreach event. Christina kind of calmed me down and said, you know what, maybe she meant pop soda down here in the south, right? And so I calmed down, right? But, but listen, this new job had a steep learning curve, and so I messed up more times than I can count. And it took a, a while to find a few people with whom I could actually let my guard down and feel safe and become friends. Right? Listen, more than once, I wondered if I was just going to make it. I wondered if, if this step that God had asked me to take was worth the cost. I wondered if if, if I had even taken the right step, or maybe I had completely misread or misheard God. Listen, most of us, I, 
most of the time, I, I wondered if, if I was going to be cut out for this, for this adventure that God was calling me to. Now, now here's the, the tension that we need to peel like an onion this morning. Right? Chances are that all of us in this room or watching online today have had or have experienced a similar type of thing. Right? Even if you have not moved to a new place or taken a completely different job, you have had moments or seasons in your life where you wondered this, right? Am I cut out for am I cut out for this? Right? Is this really what I am supposed to be doing? Because walking into the wild, right, taking that, that step in our faith, right, forging our life on God, it can be a little scary. It can make us feel like we can't handle it. But there's also another reason that walking into the wild, taking that step, can be scary. Right? The, the wild feels overwhelming because we believe that we have messed up too much to qualify, to, to be a part of this story that God is writing. Right? We think, man, I can't go into the wild because the last time I went into the wild, I got lost, I got hurt, or I didn't know what I was doing, and, and I got someone else hurt or lost, right? you may feel that way about church, too, right? Maybe you even feel that way today. Maybe you feel like, man, I've made so many mistakes that I'm just not cut out to be a good Christian. <laughs> the shame that you feel about the things from your past, it's just, it's too much, so you think, sure, I'm here, but you find yourself thinking, man, there's just nothing that can help me. I don't have what it takes. You don't know what I've done. There's no way that I can forge my life on God. Now listen, we're all tempted to feel this way. Right? We're all tempted to believe that we are not worthy of whatever adventure that God has for us. And so instead, we believe this. Right? We believe that we have messed up too much for God to use us. Right? We believe that we have messed up too much for God to use us. What a tension. Right? What a tension. Sure, we believe that our steps can change history, but does God really want me to change history? Right? We look at people like Abraham and think, man, I have made way too many mistakes to be used by God like that. No way could my story turn out like Abraham. So listen, congregation. Right? I know the feeling. When I read about the great heroes in the Bible, it's hard to imagine that I could ever measure up. I know every fault. I know every poorly chosen word and selfish act that I've ever done. And so considering my imperfect behavior, I have a hard time imagining that God ever can use me like he did with Abraham. In that same boat. And so we find ourselves believing that he can do something with us, yes, right? But only after we get our act together. Right? Look at it, right? He can do something with us, but only after we get our act together. Think about it. Right? Sure. Sure. I'll go on this adventure into the wild. But let me get my finances in order first to save up some money. 
sure, I'll, I'll take the next step with you, God, but first let me move into a different house so we're a little bit more comfortable. Right, definitely, God, I am all in, but first let me stop my unhealthy habit, my, my unhealthy destructive vice, whatever it is. Right, there are, are plenty of things that we think we need to get straight before we can be sent out into the wild. That's what we think. Right? So we hear the story of, of Abraham, and, and we feel inspired, motivated to take that next step with God. But then we think, wait a minute, <laughs> my life is an absolute mess. I, I have a lot to figure out and to clean up. We think, and once I do that, once I get things in order, then God can start using me. But no way, no way can I do anything for God before that. Guys, I can, I, I can be honest and say that I have the same thoughts, right? I, I have thoughts like God has called the foundry to go out and change birth, right? This outpost of his kingdom is going to change things. But first, we have to get through COVID. Or first, we have to, have to fix the lights. Or I have to get better at preaching and teaching, right? Fill in the blank, right? But God, but God, and if you know me very well, you know that those are some of my favorite words. But God, he looks at things a little differently, doesn't he? Right? What we're going to look at today could revolutionize how we approach God and live for and serve him in our lives, in our families, in our community, in this outpost of his kingdom. Right? Because as we follow Abraham's story, we'll see that, that he was not just this perfect human being that made no mistakes. Right? He was not even close to being perfect. So just, just for context here, last week, right, we, we looked at the moment when God called Abraham to leave his country and follow him out into the wild and the unknown. Right? Abraham, he had to trust God. Right? Just like Dylan and Allie had to trust me last week that they wouldn't get soaked if they, they dumped that cup over their head, right? As God promised that if, if they trusted him through this adventure, Abraham's family would become a great nation. And he had to trust that. But, but here was a huge problem with that promise, right? Abraham and his wife, Sarah, had no children, right? How could they be this great nation, this huge family? In fact, right, Sarah was unable to even have children. And on top of that, Abraham and Sarah were well past their childbearing years. Right? They're old. Right? Imagine how much trust it took for Abraham to believe God's promise and follow God into the wild, even though he knew Sarah could not have children. That she'd be old. Right? It took a lot of trust. Abraham completely trusted God. He took that step and he went until he didn't. Right? Until something came up that was just a little bit too hard for him to accept or to believe. Right? Abraham gave up everything. He took that step and made that journey. But God still had not given Abraham and Sarah a child when they had finally arrived at their destination. Right then, they waited. Ten years have passed and still nothing, no kids. So did Abraham and Sarah patiently wait for God's promise to happen? Heck no, right? right? They old, they dumb, right? And so Sarah, they, she's, they're thinking she's not getting any younger, she's getting older. And so they decided 
that they did not want to wait to trust anymore. Right? It seemed like God had forgotten his words and was not coming through for them. They thought this, right? This is what they were thinking. It's something that we all tend to think, right? Look at it like this, right? It seemed like God either either couldn't or wouldn't do what he had promised. Right? We think that too, right? It seems like God either couldn't or wouldn't do what he has promised. And so Abraham and Sarah, they decided to take matters into their own hands, forge their life on themselves. And that is where we pick up the story this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. All right, you can use the Bibles that are in the seats in front of you, or you can go to the Foundry Birth app and click the Bible tab. It's already pulled up there for you. But Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 through 4 says this. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So we already know where this is going. It's not good. So Sarah said to the Egyptian servant named Hagar, right? So Sarah said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarah's proposal. So Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan, right? So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. Stop right there, right? Where to begin, right? Right? Where to begin? Where to begin? First, Sarah has this ridiculous idea, and second, Abraham goes along with it, right? If my wife came up to me and suggested this, I think I would just laugh in her face, right? Where was the hidden camera? I'd be looking for the TV crew, right? Am I on some kind of show? I would know that I was being tested. Seriously, there are about a million and one different ways that this plan could go wrong. And it did go wrong. Very, very, very wrong. Now, you could look back at history and say, during Abraham's time, Sarah's idea is not totally crazy. In this ancient culture, when when a woman was unable to get pregnant, it was common for for men to have children through their servants to preserve their lineage. And those children would be considered a part of the family line. And maybe that was what Abraham was thinking, right? That's what he thought, right? This is a way to get what God had promised. But look, look at this, right? He had not considered what this meant for Hagar and her dignity. He didn't consider what this meant for Sarah and her insecurities. And it was a lack of faith in God through all of it. Right? Even though this idea was not that crazy during this time, the complications were absolutely, absolutely crazy. I mean, here's just a, a quick summary of what followed, right? Abraham got Hagar pregnant. And surprise, surprise, Sarah got jealous. Right? Sarah resented Hagar for giving Abraham a child that she could not even though it was not as if Hagar had much say in the manner, right? As Hagar's belly grew, Sarah believed that she was a flawed person, a flawed woman, and a flawed wife. A lie was written on her heart where she thought she was incapable of fulfilling God's promise to her husband. And so every day, Sarah saw evidence of something shared between Abraham and Hagar. 
not Abraham and her. Pretty complicated, right? Right? So what does Sarah do? Well, she becomes a, a punk, right? She mistreated Hagar so severely that Hagar decided to run away. And for a female servant during this time to leave her home while she was pregnant, big deal, right? To move away from the protection of a man and a household that owned her, all the while having no possessions, no money, no land of her own. That just shows Hagar's level of, of desperation. That, that is how bad things had gotten for her. So yeah, right, things, things were a mess. And remember, this was Abraham, right? This is Abraham, the, the man of great faith who was in the middle of this mess, who actually created this mess. He agreed to have a child with his wife's servant, right? Not, not exactly the thing we would expect from a guy that we consider the father of our faith, right? Right, at this moment, by our standards, we would likely count Abraham out, right? We would just, he's out. We wouldn't give him a second thought, right? The, the reality is, is that Abraham, this guy, he made a huge, huge mistake, right? Even if it was culturally acceptable to continue a family line through your servants, right? Something that, the, that their kingdom and their culture accepted and said is okay. It was not what God wanted or intended. It was not okay with him. Right? And we are a part of his kingdom first. Right? So, so mistreating another person is never in God's plan. And though, and through this, this crazy act, this crazy decision, Abraham hurt Sarah and Hagar while they simultaneously hurt each other. Right? Everyone suffered. Listen, right? Here, here's what's amazing. God did not cancel his promise to Abraham because of his poor choices. That's what I want to look at, right? This dude, this, this man, Abraham, made some really poor choices. And look, right? Look at this. In fact, God still used Abraham in spite of those poor choices. God still used them in spite of those poor choices. It was not because God did not consider this a big deal. right? God just was like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Because it was a huge deal. Abraham's decision did not just show his lack of trust in God but also led to the hurt and the mistreatment of others. And God never takes that lightly. God did not write Abraham off. And the, the person who was hurt the most in this situation, Hagar, was looked after, right? God met her in the wilderness, if we read on, and Hagar named her son Ishmael, and, and that means you are the God who sees me. Right? God took care of her. After a, a colossal mess up, God did not leave anyone to fend for themselves, right? God continued to work in and through all of it because look at this, right? God is good and gracious. God is good and gracious even when we give him a reason not to be. Our God is good and gracious, right? Let me, let me give you an example of this. I need I need Barrett to come up here. All right, Barrett. All right, come on up. Be a little bit more excited. All right, all right. You stand over here because you're gonna have to answer some questions. Take a nap. All right, Barrett. We're gonna play a game. 
We're going to put, look, man, there's candy bars here. Look. Can't be half bad, right? You see what's, okay. You see what's behind us. The water, squirt gun. We'll get there in a minute. But here's the game, all right? Here's the game. I am going to wreck his iPad. Sorry, Caleb. All right. Here's the game. All right. If you win, everybody in this room, sorry to the people watching online, everyone in this room gets a, a candy bar. And we're talking full-size candy bar. All right? Full size. All right? We don't do anything less than that here at the Foundry, right? If the Foundry knows how to do one thing or another, it knows how to eat and have candy around. All right? Caleb's gained 20 pounds since he's been here. All right, so if, every, if you win, everybody in here gets a candy bar, including you. And if you lose, I'm going to squirt you with water. But here's the thing, right? It's not just water. Well, it is water. But you're going to get soaked. Your mom's going to get mad at you, right? You're probably going to have to stand outside by yourself and dry off. And if I miss or something, there's a lot of electrical stuff up here. We could die, all right? All right? We, we could get electrocuted. This is a serious thing, Barrett, all right? All right, this is serious, all right? So that's if you lose, all right? So you want to play the game? Sure, all right, let's, let's squirt you in the microphone. Let's see what happens. I'm not very confident. I don't know if you guys are getting candy bars. All right, Barrett, guess the number between 1 and 10. You're right. No, you already messed up. It wasn't 7. Actually, though, I'm not going to use this. This is, this is worth it. So we're just going to toss that in there. All right. Caleb? Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. But listen, listen. Oh, no, you got to stay on the stage. Don't go by the electrical box there. That's... All right, listen. I'm pumping it up. Put your... Yeah, put your mask on. Putting your mask back on. Now, here's the thing. All right, it says be like God, right? We forge our life on God, and God is loving and he's gracious, right? He doesn't count our wrongs. So I'm going to give you another chance, okay? Another chance, all right? In fact, chance is just going to get it right, all right? At home schooling. Virtual school. <laughs> what? Ten. No, you're not. Nine. No. Three was it. Good job, Barrett. All right. Barrett, this is what you're doing. You're going to take these in the back, and you're going to set them back there on the table, and everyone can grab one on the way out. Okay. Good job, Barrett. And Barrett, you can take the squirt gun home. All right, listen. All right, give it up for him one more time. All right. Now, I know this was a silly and a fun little exercise, right? And, and you can get your candy on the way out. But, but here's what I want to make sure that we notice from this lesson. Go ahead and put that up there, Adam. God's character and his faithfulness are not directly tied to our behavior. Right? God's God's character and his faithfulness are not directly tied to our behavior. Right, right? Barrett made some wrong choices, some really wrong choices. Right? He picked the wrong number, but that did not matter. Right? No, matter no matter what he did, my plan, my plan 
was to give everybody some candy. Right? That was just that was gonna happen no matter if we had Barrett come up here or not. Everyone was gonna leave with some candy. Right? But Abraham shows us the same thing. Right? He made some very wrong choices, much worse than picking the wrong number. But God's character and faithfulness still prevailed because God had a plan and no human was gonna mess up that plan. So look at it like this, right? God's character and faithfulness are not directly tied to our behavior. Man, right? That's, that's, ooh, right? That's like, oh, that's so great, right? I don't know about you, but that is a truth that takes a huge weight off my shoulders. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air. It's a, it's a cool drink on a hot day. It is a relief, right? God's character and faithfulness are not directly tied to stupid Andrew's behavior. Right? Because because no matter how badly I mess up, no matter how badly we mess up, you mess up, God is always who he has always been. Right? He's faithful, he's kind, he's compassionate, he's powerful, powerful enough to get us through and fix whatever we screw up. Right? In fact, this story of Abraham highlights the fact that God can use us absolutely any of us, regardless of our past decisions. It means that nothing can disqualify us from God's grace or from being used by him. Look at it like this, right? God uses broken people. God uses broken people even when we give him a good reason not to, right? That means we can follow God into the wild that we can forge our life on him, take that step in our faith with absolute confidence, fully knowing that if we mess up, if we screw it up, God can still use us and even use that situation to bring good, to bring his grace and his truth and his love. Right? God uses us in spite of us. See, look at it like this. The story of God's promise to Abraham is as much about God's goodness and grace as it is about Abraham's faith. And Abraham, he knew this. This is why we still hold Abraham up as an example of faith. In spite of, of his mistakes, Abraham continued to put his faith to forge his life in a good and gracious God. He continued to believe that he could be used by God no matter his failures, his insecurities, and sins. Abraham did not write himself out of the story. He chose to stay a part of it. Right? Thousands of years later, Paul declared this powerful truth, that our hope comes from a good and gracious God. Not our good behaviors, right? Check, check this out, right? He writes this in, in Ephesians, right? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9 says this. God saved you by his grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this because it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it, but we We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus 
so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. Abraham, he, he understood that he served this good and powerful, gracious God. And not only did he believe it, he lived like it was true. He forged his life on it. And that is one of the reasons that Abraham is the giant of faith that we, we look at him as. Right? He knew that his relationship with God was, was based on God's character and not his behavior. And so, so listen, Founder Church, right? I, I want you to dial in and lean in, right? The same is true for us today. The same is true for us today, right? In fact, our relationship with God, our forging our life on Him is based on the rock-solid foundation of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, right? God the Son, right? Sometimes it may be easier to believe that God is working in others, that God's going to do powerful things and mighty things in other people's lives, and he can't or he won't in my life. My life just doesn't matter. It's easier to think that sometimes, right? Maybe you feel like, like you're not cut out for an adventure with God, that you can't forge your life on him, or you can only go so far, right? You may look at your behavior now or your words in the past or your, your thoughts that you're having, and you think, man, shoot, I'm such a punk, right? God can't use me. I've gone too far this time, right? You may be tempted to think God has written you out of his story because you cannot get your act together. And look, go ahead and put this up, Adam. When we believe this, when we believe these lies that are straight from Satan, right? When we believe this, you are far less likely to step out into the wild to live the life that God has called you to experience. Don't believe those lies, right? <laughs> After Abraham's disaster, God did not back away from him, right? And, and Abraham did not back away from God. He leaned in. In fact, after all of the chaos caused by Abraham and Sarah's decision, God even reaffirmed his promise, right? In Genesis chapter 17, it says this. Verse 7 says this. I will confirm my covenant with you, and your descendants after you. He says, God, it says, from generation to generation, this is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Right? And I will give them the entire land of Canaan, where you are now, where you live as a foreigner. To you and to your descendants, it will be your possession forever. And I will be their God. In other words, it was as if God was saying, Nothing you do, nothing you, you think you're going to mess up will change who I am. I am God and you are not. I am God, he's saying, and you are not. Right? Your, your faith in my promise and who you know me to be is more important than how you behave. And he is saying the promise is forever. It means that Abraham could walk confidently into the wild knowing that God would never change. Even when Abraham messed up, uh, created a disaster, and dealt with the consequences, right, God's promise still remained the same. Boundary Church, again, the same is true for us. We can walk into the wild. We can forge our life on God knowing that God is who he is, 
who he says he is, and he can accomplish anything through us regardless of our dumb mistakes and actions. we got to take our, our cue from Abraham. right? The, the whole point of the message is this. Put it up there, Adam. Don't give up because you have messed up. Don't give up because you've messed up. Keep fighting, right? God has not given up on you, and neither should you. So we have to strive, right? We have to live. <laughs> we have to forge ahead in every area of our lives. It's like we saying, we completely give it to you, that, 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 that uh, communion song, right? We abandon all to him. We live toil, we fight, we strive because of who he is. As Caleb and Christina come back up here and as we prepare to sing another song in honor and dedication to our great God, he just does not give up on us. I want to ask you, I want you to ask yourself just two questions today and this week. All right, here they are. First question is, is, have I counted myself out of God's story? Have I erased whatever my part because of something I've done? Right? Are you holding on to that past? You're not giving it to God, right? That's the first question. The second question there, have I, have I counted someone else out of God's story because of what they have done? I mean, think about that, right? right? No matter what your answers are, I want you to remember this. Even when you think you have messed up, up beyond redemption, you can still trust him to keep his promise and to redeem your story. It is impossible to mess up beyond God's repair. He'll never give up on us. Thanks for listening to the Foundry Church Podcast. We'd love to stay in touch. Visit us online at thefoundrychurch.com or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at the Foundry Burke.